Since 1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. Earthpack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Just live. We believe a life is meant to be lived to its fullest potential. In order to do that, you need to feel at your best, both physically and mentally. We founded this community to share what we found as professional athletes that can help people of all walks of life. So, you can go out and do exactly what you're supposed to do. Just live. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week is from Laguna Beach, who just happens to be a three-time United Skimboard Tour champion. I don't know what that means, but we're going to find out. <laughs> but it seems fitting, right, coming from Laguna. But it, this hard charger pretty much rips on anything, including a skimboard, soft top, you name it. This guy's made a name for himself. And is a standout. And how. Yeah, and how. And a standout at the wedge, wave pools, and just about any beach he rolls up on. You've probably seen him on edits on Beefs TV, YouTube, Robbie's. Instagram, or on his website. This guy embraces and defines what it's like to be a wave rider. <laughs> A lover of the ocean who just happens to have an environmental science degree from Berkeley. We Are you got fucking a, kidding me? We got a fart smeller over here. Are you educated? This is quite the intro here. Are you educated? He works closely with the Surfrider Foundation, Rob Machado Foundation, and Waves for Water. We are pumped to sit down and welcome Blair Skid Kid Gonklin to the show. Skid Dude, Kid. Man. Thank you guys. Awesome. For, that was quite a Did quite you say your last name right? Conklin? Conklin, he got Conklin. it. Okay. He nailed it. I thought he said Gonklin. Conklin. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I Conklin's. am thoroughly impressed because I had no idea that, what do you say? Three-time 
Skateboard yeah. champion? Yeah. Which is one thing. That's cool and you, all. You probably didn't even know there was a, a tour in skateboarding, right? I had right? no it's, idea. It's, it's crazy, dude. That's how small our sport is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, but you also have a degree from Berkeley? Yeah, man. I uh, My, my uh, parents really, really encouraged me to go to school and, and uh, had me working pretty hard from, from high school and through college. So Good for them. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't, all, uh, wasn't all waves and... and Barrels for me. I, I yeah, spent a lot of lot of time in high school grinding and, and well, through you, college too. You never know. I mean, obviously, your your passion and, and your goal in life is to you know be a professional athlete. You know, like hey, to make money. But if we were judging a book by its cover, <laughs> <laughs> but there have a, you know like good yeah. on your parents to have a, a hey a fallback plan or something that you know could sustain you because I'm sure, sure they don't want you living in the basement the rest of your life. No, definitely not. And skimboarding, there's never really been like a and there's not too many people that have like been successful skinwalkers. Sure. Like there's yeah. very, very. Few. I mean, you can name them on, on one hand. hand. Yeah. yeah. Of of people that we have heard of. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. what's that dude's name? Bill Bryan. Yeah. Bill. Exactly. And, and Austin. Austin Keen. Yeah. And um, uh, Brad Donkey. Yeah. yeah. And that guy charges right. He's not really. That's the the and dude that got the big cojones. Yeah. Yeah. Like big cojones yeah, award. Those Mex. <laughs> I, you can't even pour it out. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. Those those are the biggest names for sure in, in the sport. And uh, especially these, over the past 10 years, they've kind of put skimboarding on the map, I think. Yeah. Um, more so than it ever has been. And Bill's been kind of doing it for forever. And he was probably the first dude to like really get recognition from big surf companies and um, kind of make it a little bit more accepted into the surf surfing world. Yeah. I feel like skimboarding's always been surfing's ugly sibling and like kind of shunned and pushed off to the side which is weird because we talk almost every episode skateboarding gets brought up because it's something yeah. as yeah. you do living at the beach our last surf you skimboard you boogie board and, and you maybe you know progress into surfing but we freaking skimboarded every day yeah in summer. i skimboarded yeah. our last guest bo jesse christopher yeah that's how he found surfing was a guy was it, his nickname was Lizard. He looked like a lizard. Okay. And that lizard was skimboarding. Oh, no way. That's how he found surfing. After. Doesn't, doesn't surprise me that there's a, a lizard skimboard. <laughs> like, that's just the type of people our sport attract, too. We have some, you know, some interesting people in, in skimboarding. And I think it's kind of what every, like, it was my first introduction to the ocean. When I was four years old, my parents got me a wooden skimboard, and they loved it because I could just slide across the sand at the beach and... I wouldn't risk drowning or anything. Right. Like it was, I, th I think in a lot of ways it's Very the similar. easiest intro to the ocean. You know, but yeah, that that feeling of gliding, like what we love the the rush of surfing and then the speed and gliding on a wave. You get that, yeah. It, but yeah, like you said, yeah. safer environment, yeah. but easy to break collarbones and shoulders and hands and wrists for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> earlier before we started recording, you, you said you lived, you were born in Marin County. I was, yeah. I was born at the Marin, Marin County General and spent the first year of my life up in the Bay Area um, in Sausalito, I believe. Mm -hmm. or, no, San Anselmo, actually. Don't remember it at all. But, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It was, yeah, no, and, and I've I, been was, to San Anselmo okay, a yeah. couple times. It's pretty bitching. No, it's, it's, it's like 15 super, minutes away from Mill Valley. Yep, yep. Super nice area now and was probably at the time, but. Um, Moved down to South Laguna when I was um, a year, probably just under a year old, and um, 
my step-grandfather at the time was the whole reason we moved down here and he was very successful in kind of developing and uh, like yeah a big developer kind of in the area so uh, we just had the best move ever like went from being you know probably 20 or 30 minutes away from the ocean to uh, a beachfront area and, damn um, yeah and all because of a, a family member who wasn't even blood related to me he just you know wanted to uh embrace my embrace our family and love my family so much he, he yeah invite us to live with them so dad. a step grandfather yep okay mm -hmm. it was my dad's stepdad awesome. your dad's stepdad yeah wow okay yeah. so yeah. your dad's stepdad exactly okay yeah. hooked you ah yeah, yeah. <laughs> freaking best move of my life yeah <laughs> haven't left since what what if you don't mind me asking what is did your parents do? What did your parents do? Um, yeah, so my my dad, he is super into art and art history. So um, he's been a dealer in fine art, worked in a uh, fine art gallery in Laguna Beach. And wow. um, he now has his own uh, fine art website and kind of just uh, has a collection and sells mid-century furniture along with a lot of uh, paintings from, from artists in Laguna and elsewhere. Uh, so that's his passion. Art and art history is what he's obsessed with. I definitely took a different route, yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, maybe maybe heard a little bit too much about art as a kid, and yeah. and I found the ocean to be my my calling and uh, skimboarding to be my passion. So yeah, d I and took a much different route than him. But he was always uh, did he like the ocean? Yeah, he he surfer. Yep, he surfs Sick. a little bit, and he has two brothers that were also great watermen. Um, one of his middle brother was probably the best out of all three brothers at skimboarding, surfing, and, and everything. So that was kind of my intro to to skimboarding was through through my dad's side of the family and wow. and they're kind of they they grew up close to Laguna um, and from the, from their childhood went to Laguna Beach High School. They were uh, in Laguna Beach High School in the in the 70s during all the all the chaos. So. Uh, yeah, they have a. They always had a strong connection to Laguna and kind of the skimboarding community there, and that's the, they're the sole reason I got into the sport. Probably. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. kind of surfing was your dad into? Uh, he he definitely was not a skimboarder. <laughs> I think he had some pretty like he got into it a little later in life, probably sixteen or so, and took some spills, and it, I think he just decided that it wasn't for him. But yeah. his younger brothers started a little younger and maybe it came a little easier to them i think skimboarding at a younger age is a little easier on the body or yeah. just getting into into that sport at a younger age is probably I, very beneficial i think when you're doing stuff like that or skateboarding or snow, any of those like hard sports it's all about how you fall and when you yeah. start young you kind of bounce back you're kind of like a little bit more yeah nimble and loose sure. and stuff i think yeah. as you get older you don't have that learning to fall right no. is makes stuff easier to learn without a doubt yeah and skateboarding but, skimboarding for yeah. sure and i feel like bikes this, yeah the, the younger you kind of start that process it like it's just natural you yeah, know versus sure. like did, did your dad longboard or shortboard or oh uh, he i think he did a mixture of both like i yeah he has a couple old school longboards like a becker that he's held on to and yeah some interesting interesting boards in our house still but uh i think he 
he kind of hung up the surfboard set yeah. when you know probably when he had me i think he he kind of stopped surfing quite a bit so you have any uh, yeah, so he has you to blame yeah maybe so <laughs> yeah <laughs> when they moved to marin I'm, I'm sure he uh surfed a lot less i don't think wetsuits were were that good back in the day Heck either no. so um yeah i do have a, a sibling i have a younger sister okay and she's uh living in oahu and working at a um Working at a hospital that treats cancer patients. So, wow! Um, yeah, Sounds she, like she went to school. Yep. Yeah, she's she took a much different route than I did, and uh, went to UC Davis and studied environmental toxicology, uh, which is kind of similar to what I studied. I studied environmental science at, at Berkeley, um, but now she's she's kind of studying to become a physician's assistant, and she's a she's a smart one. That girl. She's yeah. A, she's a hard working working gal for sure. That's awesome. Did your parents go to school or? Um, so my my mom and dad they did they I believe they my mom went to like University of Washington or something like that and my dad went to school in San Francisco that I'm forgetting about and studied art. Hmm. I think he might have gone to like University of San Francisco and studied art history or something like that. Yeah. Um, but Th- those were, two things that you said he da- or dabbled them dealed with are fucking super interesting to me. Oh. Mid-century modern furniture and freaking art. Yeah, yeah. Those are two really cool. Yeah. I've always been to mid-century stuff and yep. I think these days too there's a lot of like that's it's how research. every designer wants to decorate <laughs> yeah. their houses with mid-century stuff, yeah. you know, or well, like I'm, people are ripping off old <clears throat> mid-century designs yeah. and making these very famous uh, mid-century furniture artists. Yeah. The They're Gucci just ripping off of their stuff, you know? Yeah. So. yeah, I can't name... I don't know the, the names of these mid-century artists, but yeah. fuck, the, the way they, they designed. Yeah. The aesthetic and, like, the streamline. Pre-computer, pre-anything. Oh. It was just straight, like, yeah. you know... It's timeless, like, cool. For yeah. sure. And functional stuff. Functional. That, like, was... I don't think it's ever going to go away. Yeah. Like, well, you think of that period, and it was like... You know, here we are trying to fly to the moon. Like, like no, no joke. Yeah. Like that that era was like, you know, the, the sky's the, the limit. The stars are within reach. And, and I mean, I think they went very, yeah, you know, untraditional. Or, untraditional yeah. for sure. Yeah. Looks yeah. cool. I love, I love yeah, it Yeah, but the lines and the aesthetic yeah. of what they designed was yeah. so bitching. Yeah. And yeah. the architecture yeah. to go along with it. Like, yeah, you'd have a you could talk with my dad for probably two hours about <laughs> that stuff. He'd just go on a full rant, and he he loves it so much, man. It's it's really cool. That's right. Bring, bring back the Jetsons, man. I know, right? <laughs> um, sure. So, you were how old when you got introduced to skimboarding? Right? First, yeah, I think I was about four, four cool. or five when I got my first skimboard, yeah, probably from my grandpa who Vic- Victoria. My I think it was a Victoria, man. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Well, my first ever skimboard was actually like hand shaped in a friend's garage, and okay. mm-hmm. uh, like my friend's grandpa made it for me. And then from there, I think I went with a Victoria skimboard, yeah. something that was gl- lightly glassed and uh, had a little bit better rocker than my my friend's uh, hand shape in yeah. the garage. So, um, but wood, but wood, yeah, yeah that's, with, that's with how like I started. resin covered shellac. Oh yeah, yeah. Po- polyurethane probably. Yeah. You know, something like just waterproof, like yeah, wood. sealant yeah. for the sealant. wood, right? Yeah. And Victoria Skimboards is from Laguna. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they started. Man, I want to say they started in like the seventies or so. Yeah. And skimboarding apparently started in in Laguna in the thirties. Um, so it's kind of the birthplace of of the sport. And Shut the front door. Was uh, I think like 
some of the earliest um, writings about skimboarding were, were for the lifeguards in Laguna. They used these boards, circular boards, as like almost a form of transportation to get from one tower, tower, to, tower. to the next. Yeah, on like <laughs> from Main epic. Beach, and, yeah. and like they, you know, they'd have these circular discs and they spin running. it. Watch this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they just like kind of glide, glide down the beach on, the, on the flat, flat, thin layer of water. Yeah. Um, and I find I find the evolution of skimboarding pretty interesting because I recently uh, went started going to Brazil and uh, skimboarding in, in a beach there called Sununga that is just the it's the best right wedge um, for skimboarding probably in the world hmm. and they start the locals there started skimboarding probably without even knowing what what skimboarding, skimboarding was. was you know like just because the beach was good for it. They made these boards that, that were, yeah, meant for the shore break there, you know? So they, they designed the same style boards that the Laguna Beach lifeguards were riding. They had a circular disc that they freaking spin and throw, and yeah. they were doing it completely separately from the Laguna Beach people. Like, yeah. no I, no videos, no internet back then. Like, they just developed the same concept. And uh, and I, I kind of think, like, Hawaiians probably did the same, thing. the same thing, too, you know? Yeah. I, with the, especially with all their access to wooden boards, and um, I, I just got to imagine that there were probably Hawaiians, ancient Hawaiians, were riding skimboards before any anyone was yeah. before the Laguna Beach lifeguards. But you know, yeah. so it's um, interesting you brought up the disc because you don't see those anymore. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. They're all directional, you know. Yeah. But back when we were young, there was a lot of round discs, ones, around ones. Yeah. yeah, you know, that had like a foam like. Um, Almost ah. like a foam uh, layer. Yeah, I've seen there, I've seen those? a couple different versions. I remember that. I think one Boy too. Boogie made like skimboards, but yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I but then surprised. It, you know, then it went full. You know, like directional was like shapes, and you know, like got super yeah, kind of technical know. and more similar to surfboard construction. I think in the eighties they were kind Maybe of making foam composites, yeah. and yeah, they were making skimboards very similarly to surfboards. It was like. Man, I should have brought one. I have an incredible Victoria skimboard from the '80s, and I'm kind of just starting to collect some boards now. That's cool. Um, but this, yeah, it looks exactly like uh, the same construction as as a surfboard, just maybe a little heavier glass, yeah. like probably polyurethane. I'm not so sure. But you could probably take a look at it and tell yeah. me right away what what the what it's made out of, because you can look through the the glass and see the foam. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, really interesting to see. How the sports evolved over time, and how boards are are built these days in comparison to yeah. you know just 50 years ago. It's totally diff different construction and everything. So 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 four years old, you you get your first Victoria skimboard. Did yeah. you have a beach in front of your house, or did you have to trek? Uh, it was a very close walk to the beach. So I my local spot was Totuava Beach, which is a, a spot right in South Laguna. Um, just a mile south of Aliso Beach, which is kind of like the the, the big skimboarding spot in yeah. Laguna, and um, it was is a it more still? friendly wave. Oh yeah, Aliso still. Aliso Beach is probably the best skimboarding beach in California, I'd say, other than the Wedge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Aliso's the heaviest, like most consistent, expert level skimboarding. Beach. Well, they got that crazy you know, cr slope. Crazy slope, and you have a a, a river runoff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Did, did it get better or worse after they moved the pier? Um, man, I think that Were you we've been having some issues. Pretty young with, when they moved yeah, it? Yeah. I was actually one of the last people on that pier before they caution taped it off and tore it down. 
Uh, so I think they tore it down in 97, maybe? Yeah. Hmm. And my parents were walking me in a stroller on the Aliso Pier. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that back then that pier held more sand on the beach. Yeah. And kind of just made it a bigger beach. And nowadays, like right now, I can't skimboard Aliso. After this tropical storm that we just all had, sand's gone. sand got ripped out, and all that's showing is the parking lot and a rock jetty, and it goes straight into the water. Wow! And wow. that is even like people that are much older than me said that they've never seen the beach the way it is right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we live in Huntington with the pier, and it definitely creates a sandbar. Yeah, you know, all yeah. up and around. So it would only be. You know, natural that there was a lot more sand when the pier was there for sure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's pretty steep drop off. We went, we've gone out on flat days when you know, you know, just to go like snorkeling and stuff, and it like at Alyssa. Yeah, it, yeah, it drops off like yeah. That's what makes it so good for skimboarding yeah. too. Is the the geology in Laguna in South Laguna is pretty interesting because you have these kind of high coastal mountains. Like there's a peak there that I think is like I don't know, it might be like. 1500 feet or nah, maybe not that tall but there's a high Good. coastal peak right above Aliso and there's that Aliso river that uh, and that crazy canyon the Aliso yeah. canyon so there's these steep kind of coastal cliffs and those coastal cliffs just drop straight off into the ocean too yeah. you know it's like it's almost like uh, in the way kind of similar to Nazare or uh, or um, Mavericks like yeah. the water it gets goes from very shallow to very deep really really quick and there's like probably a little canyon there from from that river that that aliso canyon that's been um yeah been been just keeping the water it's deep super super deep so yeah. that's what really i think kind of makes a good skimboarding spot too is that it has to go from pretty shallow to to really deep to get very, that crazy very quickly to yeah. get that yeah heavy shore break what, what what's that spot um el presidente down in, in and uh Cabo, like that beach out in front oh, there gets pretty is that pretty a, nuts. is that solmar is that, is that it might be there might be another hotel there you know how it used to be where the marina is now yeah okay the estuary yeah that's it's the last hotel that's yeah. on that stretch before the marina okay yeah. are you talking about the new marina or the one that's been new there marina. For the yeah. new marina yeah okay so if you're where the river mouth Used to be. Yeah. Used to be. Yeah. Okay. San, San Jose del Cabo. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yep. Lobo I know Lover, Lover's Bay. Beach is really good on yeah. you know, on the other side of the. Yep. The yep. And headlight. same thing there, man. The, yeah. It goes from they call it the Lands End for a reason. Like for it sure. goes from that little rocky peninsula to just I think it's like a thousand feet deep. Like yeah. Like ten feet off the. It's yeah. They're catching. So they're catching like sailfish and stuff like you know right yeah. right, right, right off next, right off the beach. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah, so it's that is one of the better skimboarding spots in in Mexico is Lovers and Solmar Beach, and Solmar. I think it probably has. I mean, it's the heaviest, sketchiest wave of all time, but yeah, it gets really good for skimboarding, and it's probably because of that drop off, you know. Yeah, I had a couple of photographers that are like big swells, and they're like, yeah, let's go get barrel shots. And I'm like, where? And they're like, Solmar. <laughs> lovers. I'm like, cool. We're gonna break our fucking neck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's been some bodyboarding All covers the, yeah. taken down there. No, it sure. is. It's just, yeah. I mean, they just bought them out. I mean, beautiful. I mean, if anybody knew back in the day, like all, like half the magazine shots and barrels were just closeouts. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> pretty closeouts. Yeah, yeah, pretty closeouts. The lighting. But yeah. So did you get good at skimboarding pretty quickly? or? Um, You know, I, man, I, it took me a while to like, I don't know, get into the wave riding style skimboarding. Yeah. Um, because it's a, it's not an easy thing to learn. No, because the not. way you're doing it, 
now is fucking well yeah it's like out, outside of tricks just running as pretty much as fast as you can and jumping like jumping. simultaneously jumping on a board like because what you're doing tough. is not skimboarding <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not what you knew skimboarding yeah. is, right? Because yeah. skimboarding, when you say skimboarding to yeah. the regular person, mm-hmm. it's the wave washes up, goes away, and then that inch of water on a flat sandbar on a flat yeah. sand beach. Yeah, you're you're you run and you jump and you skim. Yeah. that's skimboarding. Yeah. <laughs> that's the novice skimboarding. No, for sure. And I think that's even probably what most people know skimboarding right, as to this right. day. And uh, yeah, I think that with social media and like all the the ways you, you can educate people about what skimboarding is now, it that is finally changing and I mm-hmm. think a lot more people are like actually realizing that that skimboarding is wave riding at the yeah. professional level and it's yeah. uh it's yeah, it's high consequence, high action right on the sand. So um yeah, I I think that um to that like the style of skimboarding that you're talking about is kind of, that's kind of where my that skid kid's name came from like the sliding across the sand and throwing the board yeah. on a thin layer of water it's like people back then called it skidboarding too they <laughs> called it like that was just like the kooky name for it was the skidboard yeah and what you know people who had never seen the sport would hear they couldn't hear skimboarding so they call it skidboarding because yeah. they're skidding ac- across the sand and uh, getting skid marks on their <laughs> like you know yeah. getting getting skidded on the oh, sand man but, at Huntington in the summer I mean pretty much any busy beach in the summer when you watch these people and it's like how many ankles you see just get taken out because guys are trying you know you're trying to thread the needle between people I feel like you don't see it as much yeah I do I think it's still pretty prevalent yeah it's pretty prevalent for sure I think there's been a uh, more of like a it's a different crowd doing it now like people see it on youtube and they think it's easy to do and they get a, a skim board and that's yeah. a they usually get boards that are like a lot nicer than wooden boards now too you oh, see people sure. with like fiberglass skim boards and they're it's their first time ever skimboarding and they're you know sliding next to people's ankles and then getting a little <laughs> close it's it's definitely there's more people that are doing it now than i think ever yeah um, for sure so i think that's a good sign for without a doubt i think we need to uh to, to innovate our boards a little bit to make them a little more friendly yeah. <laughs> for for the average Joe. Yeah, so. it should be a, a beginner model. Yeah, I think you mentioned yeah the one that had soft the soft thing the circular soft boards. Yeah. yeah. So was there guys you were looking up to then? Oh yeah, for sure. And and like Bill Bryan was a probably one of the I mean he's probably is. It's, he's the goat of skimboarding, you know. Like yeah. he's the he's the Kelly Slater of of skimboarding, and he was the best wave riding skimboarder ever, I think. Yeah. Um, and where would you see him at Aliso or? He was all over South Laguna. He grew up in South Laguna as well. He and his brother George Bryan have a. a they were always they're making videos before videos were big. They were making yeah. 10th Street Bros. And Bill was doing stuff back then that like surfers are now just getting like a grasp of. Like Bill, when I was probably ten years old, went and surfed the Zambezi River, and went all the way to Africa and did one of those like crazy river the, the, tours. The, the, with the that tidal? barreling wave. No, the Zambezi is a it's a 
massive river in Africa that has a crazy standing wave that barrels. Yeah. Uh, like Dylan, Dylan Graves and, and yeah, those and guys. Harry Bryant, yeah, I think, was there. Yeah, yeah. I saw that video. It's yeah. So they went to it, and uh, and the wave was. It looked a little bit more friendly than when Bill went to it back in the day. Like it, it all depends on the CFS and how fast the river's moving. But when Bill was there, the thing was scary, dude. Like he got a <laughs> probably close to a minute hold down on it. You're and kidding me. He was one of the first few guys to ever surf it, and he had all this experience at the Wave House. So he was a he competed professionally at those Wave House things. Um, standing wave, the standing wave yeah. with uh, with I think they call it like, the, yeah, it's just the jets that shoot really, yeah. really yeah. fast, and it's a very flow thin rider. layer of water. Yeah, flow rider, yeah. kind of like that technology. But he was super good at that, and that translated really well to this Zambezi River wave because it's a, a kind of similar standing wave. So Bill was way ahead of his time, and yeah. uh, I remember being a kid and like looking at watching what he was doing on a skimboard and just being absolutely dumbfounded like yeah. it was something that he would just stroll a, along a beach and turn heads you know like he'd just ride run across a beach and skim a wave do an air do an air 360 land on the wave and ride back up the beach and like it was just he was just cruising like, that, you know, was that good. Thing. yeah he was, was he the first good. guy that you saw take it from the sand onto the onto the wave you know, I don't. Cause I, I don't think he was the first guy that I ever saw catch a wave, but I think he was the first guy that I remember being like dumbfounded by. Yeah, and and because like, to me, that's like the evolution, right? Like that's mm -hmm. what makes skimboarding way more than it is than skimboarding. Yeah, when, yeah. When you fucking run your ass off. <laughs> yeah, and, and get out to a wave that like surfers would consider like a. Riding a wave. Yeah, yeah like yeah. surfing a fucking wave. Yeah. And to me, that's so rad. And that's what makes skimboarding that much cooler is, yeah. you know, from, from the sand to the ocean. Yeah. To, to, it's like, it's like one of those things that you're like, whoa, who figured that out? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because you just made something pretty cool to something amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jaw dropping, right? Yeah. To yeah. like, you took it to the next level. Yeah. Of of like oh my gosh, there's a, a whole new niche thing niche here. to this yeah. thing called skimboarding that turns it into you know yeah. surfing but surfing. surfing but yeah. the waves they're they're looking for aren't waves that surfers are looking for so you don't have this like territorial like battle oh, no. where you're gonna go show up and bum everybody out you know you're gonna go show up to a spot that is just meant for you guys or a body yeah. surfer yeah. you know like yeah. that's that's what's cool too because it's like you know. We've had a lot of new type of water sports come into play, and they just come right into the lineup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I do my SEs. <laughs> but no, uh, that's a, a joke. But um, yeah. But no, it's like you, you, the, where you know why Laguna is probably, you know, so recognized is because obviously the quality of waves for your, you know, for the, the sport, sport is, yeah. the, is much better. I think the the. Waves in South Laguna, especially, are way better for skimboarding ninety percent of the year than they than they are for surfing or anything yeah. else. You yeah. know, any given day you could go down to a beach in South Laguna and throw a skimboard and catch a wave. Yeah, you can't really do that on a surfboard no. any given day. So, um, yeah, and there there are some surf breaks that there's overlap between skimboarders, bodyboarders, yeah. and surfers. The wedge being a prime example. Seal Beach on the best days, there's everyone and their grandma out there with. You know, we're talking south side, right? Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine if 
that place broke like a lot. Gosh, to be, I mean, it's like it's. I like, can't believe how much the wedge breaks. Yeah, yeah. The like I don't remember it breaking that much. You know, earlier, back in the day. Yeah, I think it's it seems just, like it, I think everything like, is so many more eyes, like you said, I, I social guess. media and Surfline and. You know, yeah. it was kind of used to be a need-to-know basis, like Newport Point or yeah. Seal Beach or some of these other. You know, it was kind of yeah. like you just had to know. Yeah. But it seems on, like if there's a south swell, yeah, the wedge is breaking. Oh, 100 percent. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I never really thought of it like as a south swell. Yeah, because when when they get waves, you go to the smaller spots, <laughs> like way down the beach. Yeah. You you go opposite of the wedge. Like, he's at Blackies. Yeah. 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 Why don't both of you just shut the hell up? <laughs> Uh, so so, yeah. how is the progression after that? You got yeah. your first skimboard then? Yeah, I think uh, so. I got my first skimboard shortly after that. I was doing lessons with Bill, and like no my parents had signed me up for like some contests and things that Bill was holding. Um, so Bill played a huge uh, a huge part in like my skimboarding career, and hmm. was really a you know. So he, he was very a, encouraging a of me. Like he was, yeah. He had a little skimboarding school. Had you know a group of ten little ten kids from South Laguna, probably fifteen and under, and would just take them down to the beach and kind of show them the skim spots and just go for a, a two-hour session or something, mm. like once or twice a week. Uh, so yeah, he was. He played a really big role in um, me just getting into skimboarding and progressing at a at a pace that I probably wouldn't have if if he wasn't around. So yeah. Uh, and then I had some other great role models to look up to, too. There's uh, Paulo Prieto. The Prieto family is a, a very well-known family in, in Laguna. And Priet, Paulo Prieto, I think, had one of the best styles in skimboarding and still does. He, he's uh, skimboarded the wedge and just he's goofy footer and has a very, like, surf style. Um, very arms low and just very surfy. So I always looked up to him for his style and like who he was as a person he's a very hard-working dude went went to college and um has a family three boys who are all all shredding these days but just he was a very good person for me to like yeah have a realize that there's something greater than skimboarding and um and that there's other other things that you should prioritize as well so yeah i, I grew up with uh a lot of great people to look up to in, yeah. in the sport. Sounds like it. Did yeah. you, did you surf? Like when did you? You know, like man, I didn't get into surfing until I was in high school, and basically I just didn't didn't want to do physical education. And Laguna Beach High School had a surf class, so I just signed up for surf team. So I didn't have. You to didn't the, start surfing until high school. Yeah, and you lived on the ocean. I mean, my my parents kind of got me into it, but skimboarding was like always what I wanted to do, you know. So what about skateboarding? Skateboarding, I did it a little bit, but um, I I never really got super wow. good at skateboarding. So ninth grade is when you started surfing? Uh, yeah. I mean, I went. I was introduced. I did some softboard stuff before yeah. then. Like my dad pushed me into some but waves. But you never, and, never, never like, like, hey, the waves are good at you know like. Salt Creek, I'm gonna go surf, or yeah, like maybe I'm gonna no. I didn't just... surf Salt Creek until I was probably 16 or 17. Wow, and I was in high school. Wow, and I was a mile down the street from where I lived. Yeah, I am yeah. so fucking shocked and surprised yeah. that you didn't start surfing until then. yeah. No, it's <laughs> because weird. the way you surf now, yeah, because you surf really well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, 
I think like that was to one of like the biggest accompl- accomplishments for me was just like getting respect from surfers because I came from a skimboarding background. Yeah. And skimboarding never really got that respect, respect. you yeah. know. So um, it took me a long time to like kind of get to that point where like I could go surf a, a regular thruster board and like you know be respected for my surfing as well. Yeah. So. Um, so when did that you was cool. so, sorry? Yeah. Um, when did you start doing competition? Uh, skimboarding contests. Mm-hmm. I w- I started those probably when I was like ten or twelve. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. With somebody like Beaker Brian, you yeah. know, mentoring you. Yep. He would always put on little contests yeah. for, for the kids, and uh, he rode for Laguna Surf and Sport, and they always had sick little prizes and, yeah. and just good little things for the local community to participate in. So, yeah, I, I started that, started skimboarding contests pretty young, and actually had two kids that were always in my age division and beat me every single time. Wow. It was uh, this kid, Sam Stinnett and Teddy Velasquez, and they smoked me for my whole childhood no <laughs> like, way yeah, I just always got whooped by them and it wasn't until um, I went pro at like 15 and then wait like kind of started getting these better. two kids beat you all the time oh yeah, yeah. how come we never heard of them <laughs> <laughs> you know they, they're they, doctors and lawyers now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of the opposite oh actually one of them's a, a, a fireman and nice uh, yeah is he's done some good great things in life but he uh, Sam Stinnett is a, a four-time world champion skimboarder and all he's done his whole life is pretty much skimboard and like that was he never really branched into surfing and um just yeah was the, the, the traditional skim kid yeah um so i think that's probably maybe why yeah he hasn't had that much exposure in, in surfing um so but very talented skimboarder and and in he's balls to the wall like charges wedge and charges everywhere for for us and our listeners because i'm really curious on like what i'm sure and assume like your skimboard contest is set up like a surf contest you know brackets and elimination Mm -hmm. what's like the like what how do they judging judge yeah like yeah so it is i think the skimboarding tour has adopted a lot of what the wsl is and they have similar rules. We have priority rules. It's uh, we we do have a lot shorter heats though. Our heat times are like ten to twelve minutes, so uh, you can get a lot of wave skimboarding in, in a very short period of time. And in that ten to twelve minute heat, they take your top three waves. You have a panel of five judges usually, and uh, these days it's it's automated. Everyone's typing in the scores on an iPad, um, so it's pretty similar to. Um, the WSL criteria yeah, what a with, trip. Like with speed, power, flow, yeah, size of the wave, yep. obviously, like Degree of difficulty. barrel, yeah, like yeah, you know, completion of rides completion. a big one for us. Um, like, and you're both sitting on the sand, like alternating turns. Yeah, yep, yep. So, which is way different from surfing, but yeah, it's kind of trippy. Yeah, no, it is, and sometimes we have three man to four man heats too. Mm. So then priority gets a little a little iffy but um <laughs> it's it's really a, f- a very spectator friendly sport you know yeah oh, action-packed i would assume like, yeah i mean if the heats are that close or that short and you guys are catching that many waves it's like there's no downtime you're no. not waiting you know have yeah. you ever watched a skimboard contest I've not not i've never 
seen one. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I'm curious. I'd, I'd like to check one out. Yeah. yeah. I've seen stuff online, you know, like YouTube stuff where yeah. it's like they're just doing highlights and stuff, but I, I, I've never sat I've never, watched. I've watched you. Yeah. Skid Kid, but <laughs> yeah. I've never watched a contest. Yeah. yeah. You know, skimboarding contests are super hit or miss, too, because unfortunately we don't have a waiting period like the WSL, so the, the contest organizers pick a weekend, and all they have are those two days to run the contest. Yeah. And oftentimes, probably 60 to 70% of the time, the waves are absolute garbage, and yeah. the type of skimboarding that you're watching isn't isn't that impressive. or It's not the, the surfing style the skimboarding yeah. that, that I like, you know. Yeah. Um, so it gets more technical. People are doing more skate style tricks out to small waves, hitting a small wave and trying to get back up onto shore. Yeah. Yeah. That's what 70 to 80 percent of skimboarding contests So you got to be really well-rounded with like small kind wave. of tech, tech, you know, like yeah. tricks, like shove it and, and whatever spins and then you got to be nuts to go for those like giant airs yeah getting tubed on a fucking skimboard is pretty impressive too yeah because you're i mean getting tubed and coming out and then like riding back on the sand yeah and that's that's that is so fucking amazing you know like when i first saw that i was like are you fucking kidding me yeah like how dude they're good they're doing insane like laybacks and like hooks underneath the lip and then getting barreled yeah yeah yeah, that's that's the coolest part of skimboarding for me. It was like getting a riding a wave like a surfer and then finishing your ride on the sand. But you started from the beach. Too. Yeah, like you never never it's, had to paddle your board once. Like that's the dream. Yeah, to, that is what totally separates skimboarding and surfing. Like yeah. from sand to ocean to sand is like yeah. pretty pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, pretty without cool. fins. Yeah, you know for the control of. Yeah, now imagine if that's what you're watching in a contest. Like, there's That'd you know maybe one contest a year where we have waves where skimboarders are doing that. Yeah, and it's the sickest thing to watch. Yeah, like, it is super freaking entertaining. The the actually the Aliso contest um, they just held uh, I think like the first or second weekend of of August, and we had really good waves for it, and we still had a good a good sand setup and beach, um, and it was. Unfortunately, I couldn't participate, but it was the f- coolest thing to watch. Mm. It was the best the waves have been for that contest in probably five you years. Heard? Well, we, yeah, yeah, we, we talk about that all the time, whether, you know, like the WSL changed their format and this and that, and, or they're going to a different way. If there's waves and you see like height, you know, caliber surfing or... It's you know, all about what, the waves. It's all about yeah. getting those waves and, and, and being, you know, fulfilled with like crazy action yeah. You know? yeah so so going back to you and your early start in competition you were getting beat mm-hmm. when, yeah, when did you finally like like break that barrier yeah <laughs> um i think so at one point those two kids that were beating me all the time they went pro and then i kind of had my age division with pretty limited competition and i was like kind of dominating my division there probably when i was maybe 15 or so maybe 16 I was actually maybe even younger than that because I went pro at 15 so let's say from like 14 onward I was like dominating dominating my age age group and uh and then my friend Paulo Prieto who I mentioned earlier he really encouraged me to go pro at a time when I thought I was not ready and like way too young and sure enough like the 
the small waves that we would have a lot of time for the skimboarding contest would actually benefit me because I'm a smaller dude that can get out far and and make really milk a small wave so um, I did pretty decent like my first ever pro contest and I think I made it to the quarterfinals and who, um, who was your first sponsors Ooh, my first sponsor was XL Skimboards, which is who I continue to ride for nice. today. They were my first big skimboarding uh, sponsorship. Is that and normal, then, like a board sponsor first? Yeah, like the board before? sponsor kind of came first. And in skimboarding, it's a, it's actually a little bit different than in surfing. Like, I feel like the top pro surfers usually have, like, multiple shapers making them boards. Whereas in skimboarding, like, you have one sponsor. And, yeah. and you're getting all your all your boards from them. And a, you have your pro model. Yeah, yeah. yep. And I design like a, a kind of fish shaped skim board um, that that ended up really I like designed it accidentally <laughs> it was actually a board there was a board sitting in exile that the one of the owners had basically just traced a Rob Machado uh, board of some sort like one of his one of his little he has a bunch of fish shapes but he just tra- traced a Rob Machado board Shrunk it down, and he shrunk it down, and this thing was fat, wide, and just kind of ugly. Like the nose was way too wide, and uh, I ended up like looking at it. It looked cool, like oh, that board looks way different than your normal skimboard. It kind of looks like a surfboard. Did it ride? And I tried it. It rode okay, and then I just made some adjustments to it, and uh, it rode a, a lot better. Ended up winning like a whole tour on just that fish-shaped skimboard, wow. which is uh, it's definitely like. There's a, advantages to it, and there's a lot of disadvantages to it, especially in like the small style tech uh, field that's that you have to have for those small waves that a lot of the contests. So, yeah. Anyhow, that was that was a big accomplishment to like kind of design my own shape and then, yeah. then actually 15? bring it to. Uh, this was this was more recently. I think oh. uh, 2018, 2019. Okay. I won the tour on that fish style mm. board, and then then the board kind of like became like one of the main shapes ridden in skimboarding which is really cool so, so going yeah. pro at 15 is it is it getting paid from a sponsor or just to get money in a contest like how does that work um so going pro there's there was no there's no qualifying tour yeah anyone you guys could go pro at the next skimboarding contest fucking going pro linden <laughs> yeah Me too. i'm gonna yeah. take some lessons from this guy and <laughs> i'm gonna smoke you that's what we should do we should have a little contest we do that this guy, a good this video. guy would be broken yeah no i i mess I joke around with jamie and like some surfer friends all the time i'm like dude let's get you in a contest and see how you do in the pro ranks so you know like jamie's not a bad skimboarder he could oh, like that guy he might surprise people so uh, anyhow, he fucking rides unicorns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> inflatable unicorns. Um, so yeah, anyhow, the I guess there's no qualifying tour. Yeah. Um, so anyone can go pro. And uh, what was your question? Yeah, just about going pro at 15. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. What, is what is, is the con- reason for it? Con- you get a contract. Yeah. We're gonna pay you a little bit. Dude, there is nothing. Like you would maybe like at that time a good. If you got first place in a contest, you'd maybe win 2K if you're lucky. Um, so I think good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I kind of just did it more to challenge myself and to like improve my skimboarding. And, and well, if you're uh, smoking everybody in the age group, you're like, well, I want to compete with the best. Yeah, right? so yeah, you exactly. have to kind of like yeah push push yourself. Push yourself Who to else were you sponsored by? Um, man, I had a bunch of like little sponsors. I think Exile has really been 
the only sponsor that I've uh, no no clothing sponsors with back then. No, no, but I did start Laguna riding for sport? Catch Surf. Uh, never rode for Laguna Surf and Sport, mm. but uh, Catch Surf took took me onto their team when I was probably sixteen or seventeen. So you've so had a long relationship. I've had with a yeah, but like they, what was really funny too was Catch Surf was right next to Exile Skimboards back in the day, um, in a little office in San Clemente. And that was how I got introduced to him. My team manager at Exile was like, hey, you should go check these guys out. Like, I know you kind of like surfing and riding softboards. These guys just moved in next door, and they're making their softboards in, in their little shop here. Yeah. So went over there and met uh, Johnny Redman and Chris Monroe, or Beefs, known as, better known as Beefs. And yeah. They brought me on onto the team riding their little... Uh, before their clothing, boards. right? Yeah, it was before their clothing, yeah. it was yeah. just uh, their beater board was what they were really pushing back then. The finless board, and they wanted a skimboarder. A lot of the skimboarders kind of popularized that board, and um, has been an incredible relationship ever ever since. They're hmm. my biggest sponsor today, and uh, they've been just the best supporters of me throughout yeah. my throughout my time with them. We well, love what they're doing. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, like what, you got. Kalani, Johnny viewers or followers on Instagram. This guy, you, you know, they better be paying you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, him. Yeah. No, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, they treat me really well, and uh, just uh, their team has grown a lot since I've been. How, how funny, like, you got on them because you were already riding for Exile, and they were next door. Exactly. Such a weird, like such a small world thing yeah. and they, they their first boards were finless beater boards that they were that was their first successful board ever was yeah. the beater board and then the that was what you would be into in the first place yeah like probably why they brought me on in the first place was like oh this kid is really good at writing a finless board let's put him on this thing and see how he does and what at 15 yeah i think i was about 15 or 16 when yeah. i first uh, walked into there and got a little team deal with them yeah yeah, yeah. so were they they just flowing you product. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're just flowing me product. Back was then. anybody paying for contests or? Um, Exile Skimboards always kind of yeah. supported my contest fees and and travel fees. Um, so I did a lot of traveling when I was young too for the United Skim Tour. There's wow. three events on the East Coast and three events on the West Coast. Um, so pretty much just uh, within the country, but. I traveled a good amount to all those events, and and you were uh, 14, 15 years old. Yeah, I was. I think I had my parents traveling with me at the beginning of my professional skimboarding career. Yeah, and, and so. what was their vibe like? Hey, like, we're, this is awesome. Like, yeah, you're competing. They were, you know, you're traveling. Yeah, they were. They were supportive. super supportive of it. Um, I think like they just saw it as good experience for me to go travel and yeah. see the country and meet other people yeah. who live a different life than me and. Um, and I made some really good friends on the East Coast and had some just great connections out yeah. there. And then started like making, like winning contests and making some money with, before I was even in, like, yeah, probably before I was in high did school. They, did they say skimboarding hey, was paying um, me a little bit? Yeah, yeah. set some of that aside for college. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> pretty exactly much, that. Right? Or we set a lot of it aside for future travel, you know? Yeah. Future skim related travel. Well, I, I mean, as a parent, you're like, I mean, nothing against video games and, you know, because you're kind of in that era where, like, video games are super popular and addicting to, yeah. you know, like, again, yeah. video games are awesome. I'm not saying they're bad. Yeah. But for for parents, it's like, you know, anything you can do positive outside is yeah. like, yeah. you know, way... The less screen time, the better. The yeah, better, for, for sure. sure. There's um, something something about 
having that connection to nature that just I don't know I feel like you you need it as a all humans need yeah. like a connection to nature well, and I mean for our sanity and for our well-being you know for sure so. um so you start traveling the country did, did you have to did you sign contracts or anything with anybody um exile was my first contract <coughs> ever and uh they i think like the sickest contract i signed when i was just a pro skimboarder was uh like contest incentives so if i if i placed in the top 10 on the united skim tour i would get a monthly paycheck mm. and uh for 16 17 year old i'm like oh this is sick like yeah i want to i want to get into the top 10 and i want to start making some some money here yeah your buddies are making freaking flipping burgers or folding t-shirts at one exactly. so not making yeah. much exactly yeah so no i was uh i was like i had a little monthly income at when i was probably 17 or so and uh i think i maybe ranked like fourth or fifth at that age and yeah, I was I was stoked. I was yeah, saving money and so how many how many uh, contests were there total a year? There <clears throat> were anywhere between six to eight contests a year. Um, so usually it would be three on the west coast, three on the east coast, and then sometimes they'd do an international event. Uh, so there were some in Portugal, one in uh, Cabo, Mexico, and Portugal. Uh, yeah, there's there's a pretty good little skim scene out in Portugal. It's called Nazaré. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just toe-ins. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine uh, the shirt break there. Holy crap. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think Nazare is actually kind of a good skimboarding spot when the waves are very small. There's yeah. a good shore break right on the beach there. But um, that's not where the contest was when we'd go to Portugal. It was a part of like this big ocean festival that they do there called the Ocean Spirit. And they have surfing, like kayak surfing, all these interests, bodyboarding. And skimboarding was one of them too. So what what part of Portugal? It was in uh, Santa Cruz, which is like right next to Ericeira. Yeah. Um, I think it literally borders the surf capital of Portugal, yeah. Ericeira. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got a, I got quite a bit of travel experience at yeah. a pretty young age. And it's funny, you know, most surfers we talk to, we, we say, "What was your first surf trip?" Mm -hmm. it, for you, it's what was your first skim trip? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For the first skim trip, that's very true. Yeah, yeah my, uh, my first ever skim trip, man. Where did I go? I remember my parents being very worried about me going to Cabo for for my first ever, like when being fifteen year old, fifteen years old, and you're going to kind of a party destination. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that was one that they they made sure they, they were attending. They got a, kill, yeah. they got a they killer contest during spring break. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think my first. Skim trip we'll be up there giggling Marlin. Yeah. Giggling Marlin. Mango deck or Cabo Wabo. Yeah. <coughs> Squid Row. Whoa. <laughs> he knows all of it. This guy's been this out guy, there a couple times. This guy's toured down there a few times. I'm sure. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Is that your first surf trip yeah. or what? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Straight to zippers. Yeah. Straight, yeah. Straight to zippers. Straight to Squid Row. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Cabo's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It kind of has it has it all. But at, at that two age, hours, two yeah. hour airplane, dude. Yeah, but at, at 15, 17, I mean, you need a chaperone regardless. For you know? sure. So yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're in good hands. No, and I was very lucky to have my my parents supporting me and uh, and like just encouraging me to keep skimboarding. Like, yeah, I don't think that's what an unconventional way of like learning about 
making money yeah for one for sure but then also traveling and experiencing yeah. the country and the world yeah one yeah. of the best <clears throat> education opportunities i think i've had is being yeah. able to travel outside of the of california and outside of the u.s so um yeah really an awesome way to to get cultured and and just yeah get get some eye-opening opportunities or having some eye-opening experiences in, in traveling did you so, have um, like family trips where, where dad's like, hey, we're gonna go on this like surf trip? No, I want to go here. There's skim. You know, was there any you like know, conflict? Uh, yeah, conflict of where you guys wanted to go. Yeah, I think that like like I said, my dad pro- kind of dropped surfing <coughs> probably when he had us and just didn't do it as much. So yeah. it wasn't really like what we did as a family. Like we would go to. Zion National Park or like that those were kind of our family trips we'd go to Death Valley like my dad my dad would take me away from the ocean when, yeah. when we went on family going trips. to Joshua Tree they got <laughs> yeah exactly probably went there with him too um, but I think at one you know at a certain age like you start w- wanting to go on your own trips and yeah. and uh, that's where that's everywhere I wanted to travel is places that were good for skimboarding or had a, a good scene for, yeah. for our sport so, um, yeah, I've got to go to a lot of crazy places for skimboarding. I've been to Taiwan, uh, Taiwan, Sri, Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, Angola, Angola. Africa. Yeah, I've I've traveled quite extensively wow. just for just for skimboarding. And, w- and were you going there for like to showcase, like on the tour? Angola like, you know? was that. Yeah. So there was a kind of like a high up person in the government there who wanted to promote tourism, promote tourism, yeah. promote. Uh, kind of just get skimboarding introduced to their to their country too. Like they, we brought in a bunch of skimboards and left them with the locals. And I think it was just a way for you know kids to have something fun to do and keep them out of trouble. Hey, how fucking easy would it be to travel with a fucking quiver of skimboards? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. surfboards, you know, like no <laughs> fins. <laughs> Your bags, you got ten. Yeah, it's like this yeah, big. Yeah, you could have ten skimboards and probably a foot and a half thick surfboard bag. You know, okay, yeah, yeah. It's it, I every time. I go on a surf trip I pretty much travel with a surfboard bag that's under it's probably six foot two and I have three boards in it yeah and that's my that's my go-to like I remember going to Waco uh on my first ever reef trip with like Mason Ho and it was just me and Mason we had like the whole pool to ourselves and I roll up you and Mason yeah it was the sickest trip of my life it was what the whole pool all day we had we had several sessions in in the pool kind of when it was pretty new too so it Dang. was like it was a big deal for me back, back Lenny's never been there how rad is that place <laughs> oh man it's dude I dig it dig so alright I didn't want to jump forward to, to you and in, in the way you like surf wave pools yeah, whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Just should we go back. should we not go <laughs> there yet I'm just kidding okay He's, yeah no I like anywhere. you know yeah <clears throat> but okay we won't we won't jump forward no yeah so here you are 15 traveling the world and you said you're three Lars said you were a three time world champion oh uh, yeah I, that came kind of later though um, I think I first won the the United Skim Tour when I was probably 19 or so okay um, but you were doing it throughout probably. right yeah yep I was doing it through from, from 15 and still doing it man like <laughs> this year has actually been the first year that I haven't com- competed on the tour and it was because of an injury and just some other things going on but uh yeah, I've been doing it for so long, and uh, it wasn't until I 
think it wasn't until I went to college I won my first tour, United mm. Skim Tour. Um, so let's let's talk high school because that's when you're like you're doing your pro snow, you know, uh, pro skimboarder. You're you're 15. You're going in ninth grade. Just start surfing because of surf class. Yeah, yeah. Like how is that like? How was yeah. ninth grade surf class? And then were you asking the school like, how come there's not a skimboard yeah. division in this because <clears throat> yeah. you guys competed right I would assume yeah. like yeah. went to Laguna High School yes I went to Laguna Beach High School and um, you know our high school competed against Newport competed yeah. against Huntington competed against San Clemente and I think there wasn't ever like a skim team because a lot of those other schools couldn't put together yeah. a skim yeah. team you know like I don't think Huntington has enough like Newport has some great skimboarders now, yeah. but it would basically probably just be a Newport versus Laguna skim team. Right. Um, so yeah, kind of kind of funny actually that there has that that hasn't really started yet. Um, right. I think it is still like uh, there's just co- not quite enough people doing it, and I think getting a coach and that kind of thing, yeah. a skim coach, paying. A, a person a salary just to be a skim coach yeah. at a high school is maybe asking a little too much um, but yeah so when I first uh, got introduced into surfing or like when I first really started surfing a bunch was probably in, in high school because of surf team and I was basically like forced to surf like it we would go to practice at Creek and is that, um, is that where you guys would meet yeah, up in the mornings yeah Creek? Creek or Thalia um is like a little reef break yeah. in Laguna that's just pretty average. Creek was is a much better consistent wave, um, but yeah, my my surf coach, he was always like impressed with my wave uh, wave reading abilities, but the fins thing threw me off big time. <laughs> like when I got first stepped foot on a surfboard, like turning the thing, I felt like I was turning a longboard. Like yeah. it felt so. Uh, he would always criticize my turns like you need to put more like weight into it or like kind of and it's probably because it was maybe yeah dude fins were just foreign to me at the time so I couldn't really figure out how to do like a good turn on a surfboard throughout high school like I would pick a good wave and get barreled and sometimes do well in like our surfing events and um, just the turning thing was always like pretty hard for me and it's still like definitely don't have a great surfing turn i i that's something i'm always trying to work towards is getting better at at surfing and and my on rail uh surfing turns so um yeah but that was a great like i think my surfing starting to learn how to surf actually benefit my skimboarding a lot yeah on on the wave part of like yeah yeah like i got to kind of ride a wave for a lot longer on a surfboard you know i was going to trestles here and there doing a bunch of surfing at creek so i'm riding waves for a much longer period of time than what i would normally ride on the skimboard skimboarding you have pretty maybe five to ten second length rides and on a surfboard i'm getting this like repetition practice of doing these turns and understanding what a good surf turn like it looks like from watching other surfers so that's when i think i really um i really wanted skimboarding to and my skimboarding especially to be respected by surfers and um that was like something my whole skimboarding career has been based off of it's like get the respect from the surfers yeah hold your own yeah i think you've accomplished that yeah 
what peers <laughs> what peer group in, in high school like what surfers that we would know or heard of heard of like was I like competing against just like yeah even? yeah just like who who was the, the the rippers like the surfers in your like high school years yeah let's see here um you know what I mean because yeah. if he's on surf team and I'm just looking at like here's this pro skimboarder and again in Laguna it's, it's really popular you know yeah I wonder if like because surfers got the chicks like oh, I'm a pro skimboarder you know I got the like did you have a name <laughs> did you have a name like were you popular like no no, no not in, in high school, school was I, school and this was kind of yeah separate I, yeah I think um I, yeah skimboarding wasn't really like a uh I don't know it wasn't like as popular as surfing or yeah. like as recognized as surfing so yeah. if if you're on the surf team and winning contests like you're the kid at the high school like yeah. you're you're the you are someone someone you know but yeah. being a, a skimboarder it wasn't that case it wasn't that at all <laughs> um but yeah coach finn was my scott finn, scott finn. He's oh my, the doctor dr finn yeah the song that lowers a couple weeks ago okay so yeah he was the guy who was always telling me my turn sucked <laughs> <laughs> that guy he, mr p coach yeah, yep Gosh. exactly Great what a dude, good gig. Though. Yeah, so he he, uh, he really fired me up to, to get better at surfing. And and then when I went to school at Berkeley, I actually ended up surfing a shit ton more than skimboarding because the closest beach to me was Ocean, Ocean Beach. Yeah. So I would just go out to Ocean Beach all the time and thankfully had a couple of friends who lived up there and kind of helped introduce me to different parts of the beach where the sandbar is good. And, yeah. Um, and then I, that was like my freedom from school was like I'd if I had some time off I'd just go out to Ocean Beach and and surf and the skimboarding waves were just not as fucking heavy beach break you know the tides and the currents and the freaking yeah it's intimidating Ocean Beach is intimidating yeah for sure what was your first surfboard um my first surfboard that I remember was a um Terry Sennett nice uh Terry Sennett like shaped me a board and it was pretty cool. I got to go in and, and watch him shape it, and I was like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a skimboarder. Like, can you make this thing kind of kind of different so it would suit my suit my style?" And he, I think he just made me like a thumbtail, uh, like rounded, nice rounded tail, and I think the board had a little bit too much volume for me. Like even today, I prefer riding a, a short board that probably has like twenty. Six liters, or I don't know, maybe something on the on the smaller side. Something on the smaller on the smaller side to give me that like more of a maneuverability. He's still young. I can't wait. We have this podcast revisit in a few years. (laughs) He's like, man, add another half liter. It's a freaking killer board (laughs) for sure. But um, yeah, so that I think was my first ever surfboard was a a Terry Senate. That's cool. Yeah, and I got to watch him hand shape it and everything, which was rad. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes you appreciate like the talent those shapers have when you watch like that and you're in the shaping room and you yeah. see what they do it's just yeah it's wild yeah it was funny I, I think i actually had a board that i brought in to terry center like this thing isn't working for me and he looked at he looked at the board and it was like a it was a i think it was a lost or something or man it was just a factory cut board mm. and the the tail on it was a fish and it was lopsided like there was like one of the wings was a little higher, like it was an asymmetrical when it didn't, yeah. I mean, and it was something he looked at 
and noticed in no exactly, time. And yeah. I had been writing the thing for months and had no idea. Yeah. So it was, yeah, really weird. Laura always tells a story of one of the best boards he's ever had. Was Lobster. <laughs> oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. No, a couple of them. One, one the, the blank was twisted. Because, like, you know, like if it's not glass properly in the gas, I don't know what they how it happens if it's not stored right after it's shaped before it's glass yeah. it could kind of twist and then one was like yeah it was like off huh, I'm like can you replicate there like I don't know I don't even know how this <laughs> thing like works that good but that's it's crazy just, yeah but that's was it better the, at going right or left you know I I don't it was just a bat, magic board really yeah huh. it was that's like crazy. you get on it and you could just mind surf it and it just did yeah. whatever you wanted to huh. do Crazy. So it had like concave, or not concave, but what's, yeah, I guess it would be like, maybe it was more concave on one side of the board yeah. than the other. I mean, we're, you know, we're not symmetrical, you know, especially when we're surfing, you yeah, know, like yeah. your body mechanics and, um, I mean, some surfer and shapers have really dialed in like on that concept of, you know, yep. changing your toe edge versus your heel edge and stuff, but. Ryan Birch and yeah. people yeah. like that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's way too technical for me. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I would just hand a board to a guy like this worked or then like, yeah. can you make a lot of these? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So um, were you always pretty studious and smart or? Um, no, <clears throat> I mean, I, I actually struggled with dyslexia and went from first to sixth grade. Uh, to, I went to a school that specialized in helping kids with dyslexia so uh school was never easy for me and i even high school man like i enjoyed high school but uh it was it was difficult and i wasn't by any means a straight a student um i was definitely encouraged by my parents to do well in school and put in the time and, and encouraged by them to go to college but it wasn't like without their so without them supporting me and getting me through school like I wouldn't have gone that route. <laughs> like I, I probably would have got out of high school and uh, just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, become an electrician or something, which is nothing wrong with that. But nothing like nothing wrong with that at all. I definitely wouldn't have pursued an education because it was not not easy for me at all. Because your degree is in what again? Uh, I studied environmental science. Yeah, yeah, and that was um, it was something I was really interested in going into school. I'm like, I would love to, love to learn more about, yeah, just. Environment, ocean, yeah, environment, whatever, ocean and things that, that were immediate connections to me. So, yeah, um, and it was a good school for it too. So, a lot, yeah, of, I mean, a lot of big words in that. Berkeley, you know? yeah. Berkeley is like one of the most. I didn't even know how to spell Berkeley when I first got in there, man. I, it's a weird freaking spelling too, man. I literally remember like, holy shit, I got I into Berkeley. How do I spell this? Like, I it was a tricky one to spell. B e r k e l e y. Did you? Uh, seek out that school or um no so that was like my reach school that was like when i was applying to uc schools i'm like screw it i'm just gonna beach. i'm just gonna santa yeah. barbara san diego yeah. like UC Loma. santa yeah. cruz i think i uh, yeah I, I applied to a bunch of even uc irvine didn't get into a single uc school except for uc berkeley and it was by far the best school i got into i got into like maybe pepperdine and paying 60k a year whatever that is is just not not an option so ended up uh going to the biggest best public school in california arguably yeah. and uh basically because i didn't i 
it was my only option. <laughs> like, yeah. it was like, great option, though. Yeah, no, I would have loved to have gone to UC Santa Cruz. I probably would have spent way less time on my studies than than surfing or skimboarding if I went in if I got into there. So yeah, I think it was all meant out. to be. All yeah. my, all worked out. And what was kind of crazy too is, uh, so my step grandfather who invited me to live with him um or invited my family to live with him in laguna we always called him grandpa bear um he's barry brief was his name grandpa bear and uh he I, he passed away um while i was in high school and then shortly after i got into berkeley the <coughs> golden bears you know it was just it was too good to be true it was, uh-huh. it was pretty pretty surreal at the time like yeah, it was like him sending me this yeah. opportunity. Pretty awesome. That's killer. Well, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, to go, I mean, to go to college is a huge feat. Yeah, and and, and to graduate is a you know huge accomplishment. Yeah. And you know, I know you have it on the back burner now while you're pursuing your yeah your professional dreams. But I mean, it's great to have something to fall back on. With without a doubt, and I don't even think I'm I, like I use the skills that that I gleaned from there in my day-to-day basis still you know and I think it's a big reason why I have brands that want to support me and why I I work well with certain companies um or work well with my sponsors like everything that I learned from pursuing a college education um I apply apply to my relationships these days and just the people skills you get from being at college and um the diversity that you're exposed to being at a public school it's uh something that I use data in my day-to-day basis so yeah um yeah it was really really a great opportunity for me and I, I yeah we couldn't imagine where I'd be at without that yeah. without that education what, what kind of job would you be looking for with a degree from there like what, yeah what would be your like you career, know career so path when I graduated, I was I was actually doing some interviewing for environmental consulting jobs, and uh, and like had a couple interviews, and it was like hounding people to like try to get a job, to, to get an entry level job at a desk. Like I yeah. had to like follow up like three times after an interview, and then like maybe I'd get a response. And it got to a point where I was just like, I don't know, like. I don't know if I really want to go into this right out of school and I I'm trying and my parents are encouraging me to go get a job and and what I studied and like I kind of just saw that like the skimboarding thing was working for me I had now had catch surf that like I had got my first legit contract from and was was you know making enough money to like support myself and yeah um and it was working so I decided like screw this, I'm going to take a break from school and pursuing what I learned in college, and I'm going to put all my eggs into this skimboarding basket and just see what happens. Skim- and it's not just skimboarding, it was surfing for me, yeah. though, too. You know, like, that's that's what I think set me apart from a lot of skimboarders was that I had this surfing talent as well. And, um, and Well, I think yeah. it's smart. Because when, when it's what you're good at, you're good at both, but, you know in this world of self-marketing and, and creating a niche, you know, and yeah. and being an asset to these brands. Well, they got enough rippers and they got a longboard and they got Jamie, you know, they got, yeah. you know, you fit in that mix, but you're your own identity, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, and it's inspiring because it's like, dude, that guy does, 
you know, I'm sure all the surfers freak out on you because I, I mean, I do the same thing with skaters and snowboarders and every, I'm like, fuck, how do they do that? Like, that's freaking gnarly, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think when you're close to that or somebody that is good in another sport, mm-hmm. you know, it helps, you know, sure. helps elevate, yeah. you know, yeah. everybody. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think companies these days too are like, they're looking to, to not just have all uh, tour surfing guys yeah. on their team, like, a lot of companies want the yeah they want the lifestyle aspect they want the the diversity they want the beach lifestyle and yeah. what, what does the beach look like to people these days it's yeah. skimboarding it's bodyboarding yeah. it's a little mixture of everything right yeah i mean marketing is staying relevant right mm-hmm. and and being relevant and brands need to you know like you said you got to be diversified yeah and not just like color skin or anything but just like disciplines of of what you're writing yeah you know skimboarding surfing snowboarding skateboarding whatever yeah but um going back to you and and winning your first title Mm -hmm. you were like 18 you said yeah somewhere around there maybe 19 yeah i was in college i remember that so 19 or 20 probably and i just remember being like so hungry because I was sitting at a desk and so far away from the ocean most days when my summer came around and I didn't have any school I was like at the beach every day skimboarding my heart out and I really wanted to like win the tour like I that was something one of my goals for sure um, throughout my college career and now were you winning sporadically like contests yeah yeah I mean yes I would always do okay on on the tour and a lot of the times I would get second to that same kid who would beat me in the 12 to 14 division the Sam Sinek kid Mm -hmm. Uh, he would he has four titles to his name and a lot of those I was right on right behind him nipping at his heels so yeah um, yeah I think uh, because you've been doing it like four or five years already yeah oh yeah I've been doing it for for quite some time Um, so yeah uh, when I finally got the I, I, when I finally won the tour it was a big accomplishment for me and now the tour it it's like 10 events you said right uh, it's, it's anywhere from 6 to 8 events 6 to 8 and events and changes every year and whoever <laughs> yeah, wins the, the most with the most points yeah it's like surfing so yeah. it's, it's a cumu- accumulation of uh, how you rank at each of the events yep it's a, your did you po- win it total. before the end or did you win it at the end at the last um, event, I think that's a good question. I, I think I, I won damn, it that's a good question. At the last event, the most I think the first two times I actually might have been three times. It all came down to the last event usually. How much yeah. fucking satisfaction is that? Yeah, dude, it was insane. The first time I won the tour, it, it, here comes these characters again: Paulo Prieto and Bill Bryan chairing me up the beach after winning you know like <laughs> two of so, your idols two of my idols growing yeah. up were there did you cry with i i was dude i was emotional for were they sure. in the events uh they were in the events yeah, yeah yeah so i was competing against my and bill still competes it's freaking incredible where, but, where was the last event held uh it's always held at a street in newport um wow. at balboa pier 
and it's actually this weekend. The contest uh, it's tomorrow, the, the last contest of the United Skim Tour starts tomorrow at uh, A Street. You're going to go no down way. there and sign some autographs and hang out? I'm going to probably go hang out, yeah. I'm going to go, go root on my do friends. Do a little, and, little vlog down there? You, you know? know, maybe so. I, I, I don't even think I'm going to. I'm just going to go down and enjoy it. Just yeah. heckle from the pier? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're I'm, lucky I'm, I'm not in the video. You call that an alley <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be that'll be pretty fun. But um, yeah, I and mean, then I think the, I kind of went on like a little bit of a. I think I won it three years in a row after that first one, and I, I was just yeah done. at the peak of my career and like really l just was putting everything into it. You know, that's what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, now now I've I've. Skimboarding and competing in skimboarding, I think it's been very tough to be in doing this tour for 10 years. Or wait, how long have I been doing it for? I mean, 27 started when I was, yeah, so I've probably been competing on the, the tour for 10 to 12 years. And, uh, and the tour itself, like, it's always been very grassroots and very, like, supported by just the local community, wherever it be. You know, there's a little community of skimboarders in Newport Beach. That's who holds the A Street event. There's some small communities on the on the East Coast that hold theirs. And, uh, and it just, the sport has never really grown competitively throughout this 12 years that I've been a part of it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the the generation that's holding the events and the organization itself it's like kind of their it's their passion project or like their side project it's a it's hard it's to get older, somebody to run it take yeah, it to yeah, the helm and yeah, bring it to the next level yeah because if it they would basically be like a full-time volunteer job yeah. to, to get it off the ground you know and all these guys that are that have done helped run the ust all have families and are successful in other things and rightfully so they spend their time on other things yeah. so I think it's right now it's really tough to see our sport kind of stagnating when there's more eyes on it than ever there's more people doing it than ever but the tour is like still the same yeah. I think it takes like a, a big sponsor like a Red Bull or somebody that yeah. like you know to yep. kind of infuse like money into a tour and, and get some you know eyes and yeah. you know promotion behind it but it is what it is. I mean, it's like you said. I mean, most most of these sports, you're in it because of the love, not yeah. because of you know the you know the money. Exactly. But yeah. it does help. No, it definitely <laughs> does. And uh, I mean, it's yeah. tough to you know get behind something like that. Like it's taken a long time for skateboarding, surfing, snowboarding, all these different disciplines of board riding right mm -hmm. and they have gotten way past like what skimboarding yeah it's such a <laughs> it's, it's skimboarding is such a different I, I could see it becoming more than like what you say like yeah that it is Homegrown. but it, you, you do have to have somebody that fucking just yeah puts a, a lot of marketing money into it yeah right? and it does like, I think that's the biggest thing is we haven't had like a Red Bull or like even a WSL step in and be like hey we want to throw three events and that's all i think it takes yes yeah um and and comp i think with the help of like a red bull or a wsl they have they deal with all the permitting they deal yeah. with a lot of the 
the organization around I mean, that. that's what they're doing. They're marketing machines, you yeah. know, and they know how to, you know, grease, grease the wheel, you know, yeah. and, and get things done. For sure. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, I would, personally, I brought it up because I'm like, You're I not sponsored be, by Red Bull? No, you should be. Dude. I I, I go. Wish. I'd be stoked to you know, because watch a, a specialty event with like the best guys in in a, in a with good waves and good waves and a good good waves waves and you a watch time frame. Red Bull TV. Uh, That's where I think it could totally sit. Fucking like, dude, yeah. Red Bull TV is is pretty amazing. The content yep. and the diversity of content that yeah, they have for sure. All the things that you would be interested in. Yeah, like. Every once in a while, get on there and just get like, whoa! Yeah, you 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 can watch that here. I mean, you look at wakeboarding, you know, which kind of is niche and you know similar, but it's it's massive. You know, way massive. Yeah, it's a massive sport. You know, because all the lakes and everywhere, but you know, like it wasn't a full mainstream sport. It was pretty niche, but it just Mm -hmm. like they got the right money they got the boat money behind it yeah. and other sponsors and then they, you know the equipment and it, and it blew up you know yeah. it's like yeah. i but feel like this has you know maybe it's never going to get to any of those those levels but it should mm-hmm. it should be represented in a way that highlights the best in the world yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, totally I think agree. though you guys as a not sport but as a activity you guys you and have brought so much eyes Beaker, on here and Domkey and freaking Austin. I yeah. mean, there's way more, yeah, people way more knowledge of what you guys are doing. Yeah, if yeah. you added up all of your guys' like fan followers, it's like in the millions, yeah. you know, yeah. like between all like that crew. That's a lot of eyes on the sport. Yeah. And that's, again, the, the world we live in with the social media. Yeah. Like, and yeah. what a company like Red Bull should be looking for, too, right? Like, yeah. They're looking for media that performs well you know and yeah that's you could package it <laughs> yeah. skimboarding yeah. media and content like for whatever reason does crazy and that's Dude. how like i've grown a big following is just from posting simple skimboarding clips and it Why? looks so uh, it looks so relatable to people because it, or, uh, it looks kind of easy when the best guys do it you know and you're starting from the beach you never have to touch the water you never have to come across a shark like to the average person who lives in inland or something like that's what they probably want to do when they yeah. first get to the beach people so. probably hate me if i say this but think about if you did this mm-hmm. but one to kick off the whole thing right a specialty event mm-hmm. skid kid mm-hmm. j-o-b ben gravy yeah. you three icons of fucking soft top Skimboard, Kalani Rob. Yeah. Well, not even Kalani Rob, <laughs> but just you three. Yeah. Right. Because you guys are like the the stars of today. For you know sure. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as far as like. I'm surprised I'm getting put in that pool. That's pretty crazy. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah. You you three are like vlog, like superstars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but you also you're also like kind of that niche of of uh, soft boards so and skimboarding yeah. and yeah. that kind of the like weird uh weird type of surfing I guess, weird right? type of surfing alternative alternative surfing. i don't like the way that sounds but yeah <laughs> but weird you know weird, what i mean if weird, you did cool, but no yeah. if I, I you know. did a kickoff event with skimboarding kind of like the thing mm-hmm. and you did it at the wedge or you did it some yeah. cabo or wherever yeah holy shit you could kickstart yeah, and there'd probably be some people that want. Oh to watch my that. gosh, yeah, right? For sure. Because I'd want to watch that. Yeah. You know, and I know 
like no I brought it up because yeah it's it's definitely oh you brought it up when we were <laughs> yeah, when we were talking about like showcasing it it's like if it was packaged right it'd be super appealing yeah. because of and that's the, the high caliber of bro like, it's exciting there could okay. be spec that's like a fair amount of people that'd come down just to watch it if it was now, publicized correctly you know like what the I don't know how wedge isn't just yeah there isn't just a freaking huge a skimboard contest yeah yeah, that they, and, there's never been a contest at Wedge in my lifetime. Like, no. I, it's permitting you through the for sure. It's just it's you not probably a could though. I don't think they're, so. They're too dangerous. Okay, yeah. neighbors. So yeah, what what I wanted to start talking about earlier, but there was oh sorry to interrupt real quick. No there was a really incredible skimboarding contest held at that Wedge in Brazil, mm. and to this day, I think it was the the coolest skimboarding contest uh, I've ever witnessed. I'm gonna have to Google that one. But yeah, it's called uh, Sununga. So if you Sununga. look, yeah, look up um, on YouTube the Sununga UST. So uh, S U N U N G A is how you spell it. And uh, so th- this this cove is like an amphitheater. It's just a it's the theater for skimboarding. There's these waves that are hitting a, a rock wall, a natural rock wall on one side of the beach and they're ricocheting off this rock wall and there's just wedges peaks along this entire little cove so they're on the right with the on the right day there's a bunch of spectators on the beach the entire beach is filled and skimboarders are catching away from one side of the cove connecting a wedge hopping the peak going to the next peak and like all the way down the beach and it's one of the coolest coolest weirdest waves around yeah Around Ubatuba. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's in Ubatuba. So, so, okay. I think the very first time that I came across Blair Conklin was on YouTube. Adeliso. Probably from Beefs TV. I, it might have been I Beefs. Yeah. Um, it might have been. Yeah, it could have been Beefs. Yeah. But you guys are like, <clears throat> you're skimboarding into the wave. <clears throat> the waves are firing. <clears throat> Our friend, who's a rep... Uh, fuck, what's his name? William. Uh, he's from Laguna. Okay. Uh, fuck, he's a, he used to be the Vulcan rep. Mm-hmm. Now he's the Vans rep. Oh, yeah, yeah, What the fuck's his name? William. I don't know. Is song today? Mancini? Man- yeah. Min- 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 Mini? Mini! Mini! Oh, you know Mini? Yeah. yeah. Mini was surfing. I don't know his real name. <laughs> I just know it's William. Name. William, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's Mini. he's in the background, you know, Pulling into these barrels, it's like overhead. Yeah, yeah. And you guys are like winching in. Oh, uh, okay. And I was like, "Holy shit, what the fuck is this?" Yeah. And you guys are winching in, doing these big old airs, and then getting barreled, coming out, yeah. riding back on the sand. And then, you know, I start following or watching you. Finding other skin. finding other shit. Yeah, yeah. And then you're doing the, you know, the the river breaks, and you're yeah. surfing the little thing yeah and i'm just like wow who is who are these guys you know yeah and then you just start doing more and more shit like in in skimboarding and you're and i'm just like wow this kid's like crazy talented and he's got good style right (laughs) i appreciate that and and you're doing like weird crazy technical shit yeah on land onto the ocean back onto the land yeah and then you start you start seeing you with Kalani Rob with the catch surf thing, yep. And then you're at the Palm Springs. Uh, there's two guys yeah. that 
have blown me away that surf Palm Springs pool. Mason Ho, right? Yeah, that guy's an animal. And then you. Oh, thank you. The winching in and jumping over one the 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 yeah, throwaway wave four runner yeah. and then whipping and then into the barrel and then yeah dude because that that wave suits like their style because it's like so shallow and hollow right yeah. and that wave sure. sucks yeah like that you have to be really good to oh, surf yeah. that wave for sure you have to be really fucking good no yeah. it looks so tough but like the fact that you know how to fit like those that turn and that curve inside that like it's a yeah. dry slab like yeah. on a freaking concrete it yeah. sucks for me guys <laughs> not for everybody else but that wave is so tough it is yeah. and what you guys were doing well dude yeah it, it was holy yeah. shit we can't wait till it really opens up and, yeah. No. yeah I I think that pool is going to be incredible it's going to be incredible I, I got oh Kalani a, a big thank you for getting me in there and, and like the that was kind of my the winch thing and bringing a winch to a wave pool is something I had tried before with at Waco and like it never worked out um there they had like a beat up gas winch at Waco that we couldn't start and like all we went through all these freaking hassles and then Kalani opened up his wave pool and within the first week or two of being there he's like Blair get in here set up your freaking winch I know these guys that have a, a winch that has a remote throttle on it so like he like just set everything up for me and like gave me the day to just do whatever the hell I wanted. Yeah. And it was the most fun I've ever had on a board to this day, I think. Like having, I had this new technology winch where there's a remote throttle on the actual handle and the, the so no one has to run the winch for me. Like, so you just gotta go set it up and then you have a controller. Yeah, and I have Holy a crap. controller on the handle. And it's, and so like, I get to freaking control how fast I'm going. Like, do you have what, fins on the board? No, that no was, fins. No yeah. fins for the for the skim st- stuff that I did there. Um, and it was like it blew my mind. The surfing and like what skimboarding was to me, I thought was going to like change forever after doing the winch and the wave pool thing. Because yeah. you know you're no longer like relying on this wave to generate your speed. You have a, a remote throttle that's like giving you all the speed you could possibly need. Like there's a they can form a little wedge section that you can just boost off yeah. of and do, do an air going 30 miles an hour so um i think that that still is kind of like the future and like where kind of wave these wave pools are going to go like i think every wave pool is going to have a winch set up at it and uh, yeah and that could be another like contest format yeah yeah you know it's something i'm working on uh. <laughs> <laughs> here your idea you uh <coughs> shared earlier is like um yeah, something that I, I really want Sick. to make happen with just having like an invitational and maybe doing like a. Well, we're not going to give away yeah. too much about it, but yeah. no, I think well, something I'm working on. Yeah, it's it's a way to stay relevant and it's the future, but it's also like you know paying it forward too because you get to like invite a lot of your peers, a lot of the people that yeah that you respect that you know it's a, it's not it's not self it's selfish it's a it's at all in, you know inclusive you yeah know, which. And if you could pull it off, it'll be when sick. When do they yeah. start doing the crazy, rad side wave into the wedge wave? Um, that oh, been so when did skimboarders start doing that? Yeah. I think that goes back quite a ways. Like, wedge was the, f- the first side wave that I think, like, uh, maybe wedge or 10th Street. So there's two really good wedges in California. There's 
Thousand Steps Beach or 10th Street where Bill Bryan and George grew up skimboarding and that is like on any given day of the summer it's really good for skimboarding so that's probably where people first started uh, skimboarding a, a wave that refracted off of a rock and they're catching this this uh, little lump of energy yeah. that's, bra- that's pushing off of a rock and they're connecting it to the next set wave so really it's you're you're taking two waves and and you're going from one to the next but um i that then people skimboarders started started discovering wedge probably in the i'd guess the 80s or 90s and um realized that like the first south swells of the year were it was just the best skimboarding wave ever like you could not even have to run drop your board and because the slope of the beach there is so steep you you just slide down the slope and into this little side wave that's coming off the jetty and then you can connect a six to eight foot like proper tube yeah so uh yeah i think that was kind of when people really started popularizing the skimboarding a side wave thing yeah when you guys when i watch you guys do that it's just like holy shit that looks insane yeah Yeah. it's a lot it looks so fun but it like it's you gotta be, yeah. You gotta be regardless of what you're yeah. on or you're just out at the wedge is <clears throat> gnarly. You yeah. know, if you're body surfing or boogie boarding or surfing or skimboarding, yep. You're it's a way of a consequence for sure, and you're putting you're risking you're risking your well being when you're there yeah. for yeah. sure. Especially if you're pulling into a closeout. So I I, I still am Backside very too. cautious about the waves that go on there. Backside, sure. I think, is gnarlier there. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. I'm watching some sidewinders right now. Oh, yeah. One of your, one of your skin... Uh, what do you... What do you um, skin Kids uh, channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skid yeah. Kids. Skid. skid. Close <laughs> enough. Did I say skin? Sorry. You yeah. said, you're, you're thinking of porn. No. <laughs> I was just, li- I was just like, these yeah, guys are wanna, going into like skin kids. <laughs> yeah, these guys are going into like. I started following Blair on Skin Kids. <laughs> <laughs> this is so. I mean, you guys it's kind of inappropriate. <laughs> they, are, they do have what's it on? Yeah, yeah that's um, good. You're getting a freaking shitload of views. Holy crap! Like a lot yeah. of people He's watch it. Pretty this big time. He's big time. Yeah, Beefs is like kind of the guy who. Uh, he really encouraged me to start a YouTube channel and it started out like he filmed me a couple days at Aliso. This is my team manager for uh, Catch Surf, right? And um, it was a, a way for him to like, you know, market some softboards and and do his whole thing. But he filmed some skimboarding when it was good and like some of his most viral videos were skimboarding Aliso. Yeah. And then I, I'm like, I kind of realized like, shit I should be doing this yeah. like, I should start a channel and uh, so yeah he's been all, all very supportive of, of me doing that and man am I glad that I did because uh, it's yeah having a channel that's grown to almost 500,000 subscribers now and um, just the endorsements and kind of cool things that have come from that have like, yeah. made me be able to skimboard professionally and and Successful. You're an entrepreneur, yeah. bro. Oh, dude. <laughs> He's got his own website with product, and yeah. I yeah. love I'm, it. It's no, awesome it's, what you're doing. Now I went to Berkeley and became a capitalist pig. <laughs> 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 hey. it, it's, it, once I, I got the the feel of being able to like do what I love for and, and make a, make living. a living off it's of it. It's a great like, American dream, never wanted bro. to go back, man. Yeah, yeah it was... So, Mixing so business lucky. with pleasure. But yeah. sometimes, you, you know, it's Are you good, kidding me? Yeah. good to go down those those routes to where it's like you know 
I know what it's going to be like to be, you know, a you know, scientist or, you know, environmentalist yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Yep. And I can make money and I can, you know, it's cool because it's interesting, but like, there's nothing like making money off your passion. Yeah. No. You know, yeah. like, yeah. Well, and then you, you work extra hard at it. Too. Well, you're yeah. working hard. I mean, what you're doing and putting up, you know, these channels and running website and clothing, it's a, it's a full time, oh, it's a yeah. full time yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, honestly, like, you're a capitalist, but there's nothing wrong with, like, making money and paying it forward too yeah and that's what you're kind of talking about trying to elevate the sport yeah and get more eyes on it yeah yeah i think that's really what's next for me too is like trying to figure out how to to make a legit tour for skimboarding where like i have a platform for the next generation where they don't have to make a youtube channel to to make to make a living off of skimboarding maybe that's more similar to surfing and that you have 30 professional athletes that can make a full career off of um, competing on a tour or something like that. So yeah. uh, that's kind of, I hope, where the sport goes. I Like, even right now, there's a, the, even less than 1% of the professional skimboarders on tour are making a living off of skimboarding, you know, or actually, that's all they do. Yeah. Um, and, crazy. like, Austin Keen, Austin Keen was probably the, the first skimboarder to, like, really do well for himself and go mainstream Hmm. um with his like skimboarding style stunts and got featured on like espn and all this stuff kind of when i was in college and i'm like holy shit like this guy's going big time and he's now like when i finished college he was doing very good very well um just off of skimboarding so yeah there was there's someone who was successful in doing it and uh glad I yeah glad I kind of followed in, in those footsteps and just followed my passion yeah but took a much different approach to it than, than Austin I think and my like crossover into surfing is probably what really uh really helped me um grow too so yeah yeah I mean the whole YouTube and, and social media like angle I mean it's it's good because you're engaging with you know people that are psyched on the sport or psyched on you yeah. or what you're about but you know it gives you a chance to kind of like you know build like you said like a revenue stream yeah you know because yeah. i mean we live in a world of you know content and youtube is fucking huge yeah like it's my all my kids watch <clears throat> yeah. you know unless that's all i watch like yeah yeah it's pretty it's, you know like I, because you, you learn everything on YouTube. i mean we learn incredible. on it yeah you, but when we were entertained by it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it comes down to what your interests are or yeah. fascinated or what, you know, like you, you hear of a name or you hear of something or you want to find out a, a job and how to do it. It's like it, it's incredible. Yeah. Like incredible the information tool. that is out there. Yeah. You know, and again, it's, it's it's all about, you know, like talk about video games. It's all about, you know, managing your time and, yeah. you know, it could be a, a curse or a blessing on how you use it. You For know? sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so, pretty wild to like just rely on social media basically for my entire living and like for that's my main income almost yeah. is is the revenue that I generate off of that and uh, like off the get go the best vi- best performing videos that I had were how to skimboarding videos and that was something that like I never intended those videos to do well but really goes to show you that when you're sharing about val- like valuable information for other people yeah that's what people gravitate towards and when you're like when you're 
yeah, just creating something for people that 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 like is gonna help them learn or help yeah. them help other people in some way. That's what does best. Like you like, can have videos with the cool beers and the party and have fun or whatever, you know, yeah. the, the, the beach life, but to, to be well-rounded and, and yeah. you know, appeal to a bigger audience. Yeah. yeah. Like Lyndon was watching those, learning how to, you know, <laughs> yeah. still watching Always. those how to surf. Always. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, um, yeah, we like, we just know the power of YouTube just because I not we use it, but then I look at what the kids and that's all they watch. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty, so, pretty interesting too how much YouTube has changed just within the four years that I've been on it. You know, it started out as like this long format uh, video platform where everyone's posting videos ten minutes or more to, to uh, yeah informational videos or or entertainment videos. And now, like the the entertainment is coming, f- or what everyone's watching are these short format videos, TikTok. What like basically TikTok changed the whole game with their short format videos, and yeah. everyone started gravitating towards their platform. And then Instagram and YouTube are now trying to keep up with them. And now YouTube has Shorts, and they're really pushing Shorts on all their creators. Like they want people to be posting these short format videos and I'm sure like your guys' kids are probably watching shorts now and that's just like a much more quick and to the point attention grabbing form of entertainment that everyone's watching these days. Well if they could you know if they could appeal to that that audience for the you know quick clickbait like quick stuff but Mm -hmm. you know if your page has the how to's and it has long format. It has like trip, you know, like yeah. I think a mixture it, of everything. A mixture of everything yeah. will 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 go. You know, what does well? well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's proving, like I don't have TikTok. I don't know. I know my. You know, a lot of people use it, and it's just yeah, yeah very quick and kind of just mindless sometimes. Mindless. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think you're right. Having like a diverse uh, YouTube channel in a sense where you're posting a little bit of everything, yeah. travel vlogs, how tos these short format videos that's kind of what's working for people these days but um yeah it's a grind man just a uh, lot of work trying to keep up with the platforms is is right. hard too are you doing all the your own like editing and everything or do you have people yeah helping so I, for the long format youtube stuff i have a, a person a good friend of mine that i pay to do uh to do all the edits and filming um so kind of just a one trick pony that, that does it all and nice. uh and then um, I've had I've had quite a few different people that I've worked with uh, throughout the history of my channel. So kind of like I'll, I'll usually bring on a filmer and editor and have them shoot a bunch of stuff for me. And then it gets to a point where, you know, maybe like the channel needs a little refresher. So yeah. I'll bring on someone new and and just it's nice to have a new format, new types of edits. Uh, yeah. Keeps the, the channel interesting. So, Fresh. Yeah, for, exactly. So. Who are your sponsors today? Catch Surf, yeah, Exile still. Yep, Exile is uh, still my what did main. Did Exile? He was close enough. <laughs> Exile. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, so Catch Surf is my main supporter. Um, Reef Sandals Reef. Is, Sick. is also a great one, uh, and then Icy Sunglasses as well. So nice. Those are my top sponsors at the moment and and exile continues to support me and, and awesome. you have a 
multiple pro models, one pro model. How's that work? Signature out? product. Signature. Yeah. So I just got my first signature shoe and sandal with Reef, which is really cool. That what? Just, that just launched like. A shoe and a sandal? Yeah, a Can you skimboard on them? <laughs> they're, they're, they're called sliders, dude. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, so they're, that, that was really cool of them. Like, I think Bro, that's, that's fucking... Huge. Yeah. yeah I, that's uh, a milestone. No, for sure. There's not. They don't just give a shoe and sandal out to anyone. They, no kidding, dude. They, they, uh, yeah, they were very, very cool to approach me with that. And I ended up uh, picking some materials that were like the foam is made out of like cane uh sugar cane and like there's a they're more sustainable materials than your average shoe so um and the shoelaces on one of them is completely uh made out of ocean bound plastics so um yeah just trying to trying to make product that kind of suits my background and Mm -hmm. and um is a little bit more sustainable than your average shoe so that was really fun to design with them got to pick my own colors and um i think if i did it again i would have chose different colors but <laughs> i'm, I'm always next, next season yeah hopefully hopefully is there a name to time. your capsule or um i think they i think so like the shoe has a cool like turquoise blue on it and they call it bl- blaral blue um something like that so yeah. uh yeah I, and then like the website that I have um, and has like some hoodies and t-shirts on it like we call it like the blared out collection so um, and I'm putting everything that like everything on the website that these companies have collaborated with me on so like the shoe that I did with reef I'm gonna put that under my blared out um, umbrella yeah and under that collection and the sunglasses that I have with IC I'll carry those on my website and it's really fun for so me like i see signature model too i do yeah yeah and look at this to, guy got to pick that's, that one that's out. where the money's at royalties no. professional yeah. hustler skimboarder or professional what do you call yourself <laughs> oh Business man thing. i would say that these days i'm like yeah yeah i'm hustling to freaking make it in skimboarding dude like <laughs> yeah. you got to there's there's really not too many yeah. people that i have in the past so i and to live in laguna and freaking be a skimboarder is not cheap so yeah, yeah. um yeah i'm definitely hustling and uh it, it's it's going incredibly well something i would have never imagined like coming out of college and like struggling to figure out what the heck i'm gonna do and now seeing myself just four or five years later is insane i yeah. thought it would this would never happen so Hey, really cool. You're in your 20s. You're just a kid. Yeah. You're just a kid, and you're living the great American dream, dude. You are. No, it's pretty. And you're pretty a awesome. Freaking accidental uh, entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, you know? that's a brilliant. That's what I should call myself. <laughs> I dude, uh, did not have any interest in business going to school. Like yeah. we used to make fun of like the people in like the business department at Berkeley. Like that we called them like hoss holes because they're in in like hoss business school and like they were kind of the assholes like yeah just like and, and in hindsight freak i wish i had a little bit more um, yeah a insight. little bit more insight into running a business and yeah probably be better off but now i'm learning the hard way so and, and you do yeah. stuff for surf rider foundation and yeah Ron machado and tell us about some of the other yeah so I, i've done a little bit of volunteer work with um with Surfrider, and a lot of the stuff that I do with them is actually through Reef. So cool. Reef is a big supporter of, of Surfrider, and um, they get me involved in in certain uh, Surfrider missions. Like uh, they 
they did do a big beach cleanup after the Fourth of July every year, yeah. and uh, that's like a big a big movement for them. Um, just educating about ocean plastics and and how to prevent you know more plastics from ending up on our our beaches and. Um, another campaign that uh, I started working on with them and I think has kind of slowed down since COVID, but they had a really cool initiative around the uh, Tijuana River oh, yeah. and all the pollution and all the, um, I mean, it's, it's a big uh, contributor to plastics in our ocean and as well as uh, sewage and like raw, yeah. like horrible, horrible bacteria counts in that thing. Horrible. Most, most of the time. So uh, in the winter, like, what is it mission beach down there i think it's closed like 300 days out of the year because of how uh, polluted, polluted the water is and, mm. and because of bacteria measurements um so they they're trying to figure out a way to um you know kind of collaborate between the mexican government and the u.s government and figure out a way to really just like clean, clean this up. thing up and and uh tijuana sloths yeah man Sloth. it's it's pretty it's pretty disgusting and it's a tricky problem too because most of the river is on the is on the Mexi Mexican side of the border yeah. but then it flushes into the ocean on the US side of the border yeah. so it's really a, a it's both to, it needs yeah. a tackle the, the problem yeah exactly so um, hopefully I'll, I'll do more work on that in the future and that's something that I find very interesting and I think would be very passionate and educating about uh, so yeah that's a yeah cool a cool it's a sad issue, but something that I would uh, like to help out with in any way I can. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, I mean, that's pretty much most of the, like, environmental work that I'm doing at the moment. Um, and, yeah. Surfrider's got some pretty cool things going. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What about Catch Surf? What, what, um, yeah. Anything in the pipeline that they... they yeah. With them. Um, so they've been doing that foam records tour now with with Red Bull, and I've been participating in that for the last two years. It's pretty pretty cool tour to it's be on. Like it's it's all about stoking out the people, and yeah. uh, it's not so much about like writers showcasing their talent. Like I go there, and a lot of times I just like watch and and get to watch everyone goof off and have a good time and, yeah. and I'm the judge like I get to judge on who's having the most fun so that's spinning the wheel and that's how they figure yeah. out which boards to ride yeah <laughs> it's fucking genius yeah pretty cool concept so it's a great sure. way to like showcase different models yeah 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 you're, you got doubt. all the models on it and, <laughs> and you're it keeps just, it fair yeah without a doubt and it's literally like I, the surfers that are making it through the heats are like they're not they don't have to be the best surfer out there. Yeah. Like there are people that are like, maybe he did the biggest pearl of the entire event and he made it through his heat. Cause like he made everyone laugh yeah. and, and yeah. put a smile on everyone's face, you yeah. know? So, uh, it's a, it's a much more like fun contest yeah. format and, uh, just a pretty cool thing to be a part of, uh, for me. So there's actually one at Sandy beach in coming up in November. Ooh. So that'll be their first foam record event at Sandy Sandy's beach, which is a great shore breakaway. Oh my gosh. I'm Super pretty, great. I'm pretty frothing to go. Yeah. That, one. that one will be really fun, but yeah, a lot of cool stuff in the works with, uh, with catch surf and, um, they have a whole line of my surfboards and I got to develop a boog skim with them. Like the first ever kind of skimboard boogie board hybrid, like, more friendly thing to learn how to skimboard on yeah trying to like yeah make it more uh accessible to the masses right um so so who's yeah. better at 
boogie surfing. Ooh, you Kate were Kalani. Kalani. Yeah. Kalani didn't get the number one bodyboarder name for nothing, man. He's he's uh, he's pretty gnarly at the at the stand up, dude. He is. He's a he's the he's bodyboarding club, man. But I think you could dethrone him, dude. You know, I I don't even think I. Could I mean, try, that, dude. there's your first your second specialty event. Yeah, yeah. And at that Lawler's last is like, they're he's pretty nuts on a boogie. Yeah, stand up boogie boarding. He's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's he's a hoot to surf with, man. He's such a fun so talk about energizer just, bunny. Yeah, yeah. Talk about just having fun and putting the, smiles on people's faces. That's him. It's kind it, it makes me uh envious of that whole vibe of the catch surf vibe that's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like it was funny because when it, it exploded, we all were like, oh, you know, not we, but like people were like, oh, it's just a trend, soft top, you know. Yeah. No. And it's like, no way, man, that you can't take the fun out of no. it, you know? And yeah. everybody's, again, we, we all have like a quiver of boards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now we all have a quiver of soft tops inside. Our you gotta have a soft top one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But and like, you know, you, Johnny Redman, Kalani, <laughs> Costin. Yeah, dude, it's a pretty pretty crazy team we have <laughs> yeah, now. It's, like, it's such a diverse, <laughs> weird ass team, but it's it all works, man. It all somehow works. and. I think that like what made it what made the softboarding like revolution so appealing was like what Kalani and Jamie and Johnny and all these guys were like making it look so fun like yeah, you're yeah. saying and making it look funny to yeah, people. They're having a great time. Yeah. So yeah. Having but, a, a uh, super fun time. Yeah. So uh yeah, pretty rad to uh see see what the team was when I first started and like what it's grown into yeah. with, with people like Jamie now and uh, and Costin like those are big names big in, names in yeah their respective sports yeah and uh, and well you you watch so. it and you're like guys are ripping guys are clowning guys are you know purling like you said or or they're doing something wild and, and crazy good yeah but at the end of the day it looks like I want to be I wish I was there right now yeah like every time you watch it, I'm like I want to be there they look at him they're so much freaking fun yeah well for sure yeah like the fun aspect is one thing. But then you have Jamie O'Brien who's getting fucking barreled. Yeah, you yeah. Know, on a soft top. And yeah. He's putting dogging. some legitimacy behind yeah. like some you serious think? legitimacy and then, behind. And then yeah. they have you with your fucking crazy aerial wizardry and you know, like it's a it's a really uh, cool mix of yeah. not only talents, right? Talent. Yeah. But personalities and yeah. like the whole thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Costin being part of that whole thing. Yeah. Who is like one of the most you know Iconic. prolific skateboarders ever. Yeah. And yeah. here he is hanging out with you guys. Yeah, it's so rad. You know, it's like his yeah. kids all into skimming right now too, which is yeah. super sick. It's yeah. What's it's his kid's name? Finn Costin. Yeah. Finn's the man. He's a, dude, he's a, so cool. He's a cool dude. I love I love the Costin family. They're incredible. Just a awesome group of humans to have around yeah. and, and in the mix these days yeah. really, really really group cool. of awesome humans yeah and and entrepreneurs man I think yeah dude Costin has done his, over his career has been pretty incredible yeah you know, with the barracks and everything 
pretty awesome to see what he's built. He's been a pretty good capitalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? That's one way to put it. Yeah. No. Well, shoot. Well, dude. We wish you the best, man. And, and we're big fans. And I'm you yeah. know, we're stoked that you're oh. able to come sit down and yeah. tell us your story. And Man, thank you guys for... And, so uh, what's, what's your website again? Uh, just BlairConklin.com. Okay. Yeah, or you can search Blared Out, one of those things. And, and then the YouTube channel is... YouTube channel, The Skid Kids. The Skid Kid. Yeah. Not Skid Kid. Yeah, that's skid. Skid. Skid kid. Like a car skidding out. And I mean, yeah, I was just. There's tons of good videos on there. Yeah. I haven't watched the the how to, but I will. Yeah. Get get yourself a book scam and get out there, dude. Never too late. Well, yeah, we, we, yeah, I, I, it's whatever gets you out there and get exercise, you know, and, and have fun. And the ways aren't always good. And, yeah, like picking up a boogie board and running into the, running across the flats with it's kind of fun sometimes it is it's a good damn good time but yeah so that's the gateway drug to surfing <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i want to go faster and bigger and yeah, yeah that's how the ancient idea. hawaiian started for sure dude. Yeah. i'm telling you well yeah thank you yeah and man wish this i was had... awesome and uh congratulations on everything thank yeah. you very much yeah. keep up the good work dude really wish i had uh more more time to ask questions about you guys i feel like it was very uh one one-sided conversation but uh, that's what the show's about dude it's uh, not about us well yeah i, I wish i knew, i wish i knew a little the bit the show's more. always yeah. about me no, we, can, <laughs> we could uh no we could do a follow-up and, and you could ask us all kinds there of questions yeah. there we go all right we'll do that well thank you reverse interview yeah blair skid kid Wait, what was the other one? Conkletron. Conkletron. <laughs> Conklin. A, a mouthful. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us today. Dude. My pleasure. It's really, I really find it fun to, to talk yeah. about where skimboarding's at these days yeah. and to kind of just bring everyone up to speed with, with how rad the sport is. So yeah. thanks, for, thanks for allowing me to share my love for it. Thank you. Yeah. Peace. Right on. Bonsai Bulls. Hands down the best bulls, period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii, five in Southern California, bonsai bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You can also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade Shade. sunscreen. (laughs) Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best ickiest stickiest wax in the game foo wax late night with chalky is supported by inherent bummer surf entertainment thoughtful writing surf videos music and fresh hell for the core surf community remember it's not the end of the world subscribe and check it all out at inherentbummer.com
Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.